1: Welcome in to this week's episode of the Institute World Podcast. I'm back alongside Steve Battle. Please do check us out on Twitter. You can find Steve at SBartle247. on myself at Tom carton Hackett Steve hails from Ute Zone. I from KSL Sports. Our sponsor, Nate Wade Subaru, to 1207 South Main Street, Salt so Lake City, Utah. There are a lot to love event going on right now. It's summertime, baby, and the deals at Nate Wade Subaru are shamoken. Sizzling heat is is uh, doing all you need for Nateway Subaru. So go on down, check them out, say hi. They've got got, got great inventory. If you drive a Subaru, you want to get yourself into a new one, there's a very, very, very good chance that you could trade in your old Subaru, get into a 2021 model for the same payment you're paying now or on occasion, slightly even less. I digress. What a show do we have for you? This is going to be an interesting show. It'll be a different show. Uh, We will not... We will cover Utah football. We will not spend the entire podcast covering Utah football. Why? Because there's another Pac-12 South foe that's made headlines throughout the week. And if you've been living under a rock, you'll enjoy this episode. Steve, what is going on with Arizona State, my man?
2: Huh, man, uh, what is it going on with Arizona State? I think that's the question that we should be asking ourselves, man. It's... Uh... Pretty wild, pretty wild week to say the least for Arizona State. Arizona State fans and their program, their football program in particular, Um, just pretty wild, pretty pretty wild. So ASU's under investigation for just recruiting violations galore, man. Any and everything is on the table right now with them, and it's uh, it's pretty
1: wild. So, you're not wrong. And this, is all, this all stems, I, I should, we should add, during the COVID-19 dead period. So, the investigations, including whether the program hosted high school prospects on visits, which would be, of course, a big, big no-no, given that the rest of the country and the rest of college football was not doing so. We think, we think, I mean, you'll never know in this game, but uh, the recruiting dead period began in March of last year, and it stopped. It barred recruits from visiting schools, officially or unofficially. It was finally lifted on June first of this year. So, uh, it's been yeah, it's been over a year in which the NCAA's been in a dead period, and now there are reports, rumors that Arizona State was hosting both official and unofficial visitors throughout the t- that time. Uh, and then there's even, there's even some discussion, I saw a report uh, yesterday, Steve, um, that detailed whether coaches paid for recruits' expenses during unofficial visits, including lodging, transportation, so on and so forth. So what does this mean? Well, only time will really tell what, right. what it all means. But as of now, we can speculate the job security of Herm Edwards is certainly in limbo, um, as well as the, the rest of the staff down there. Well, one of whom I actually know, uh, in fact, and I texted last week, a, a special teams coach used to be in the, in the NFL, and I have gone down to Arizona State in person to help with their special team scheme and strategy. This was many, many years ago now, but nonetheless, it's just wild to me that this sort of stuff um, was going on during the dead period. I guess I'll start here, Steve, and then I'll turn the time over to you to, to offer your thoughts, but it, it didn't really surprise me when it came out. If I'm being 100% frank, uh, I I think cheating um, in asterisks uh, is happening all around the country now. Some 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 worse than others, and I don't uh, I don't recall any cheating going on at Utah. But what you're going to sit here and tell me that they've that 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 Utah's never cheated before. That's a lie. They've they've, they've done things they shouldn't have done, I'm sure, and gotten away with it. I guarantee you they've done things that they shouldn't have done in the past and gotten away with it. Every single program that's serious about winning will do everything and will push boundaries to try and win. So the fact that this is going on in Arizona State doesn't doesn't surprise me a ton. No. Uh, I'm intrigued – more than anything, to see the aftermath. Steve, what about you? Yeah.
2: No, I think this is is fascinating for me, mostly because of the dynamic of how this story came to be. Like, as you mentioned, Tom, like there's like cheating in college athletics are, you know, basically synonymous, right? Like (laughs) you mentioned it, who doesn't cheat, right? And especially, you know, when you've got a program – in the same state, like Arizona, who uh, like we all know what the basketball program is known for. Their nickname is U of pay. And so like cheating is, is just what it is in college athletics. It's, it's everywhere. Um, what is fascinating to me about this story is that this whole thing came to be from an anonymous person that sent Basically anything and everything to nail Arizona State, um, the football program, the football coaches for basically everything that that's being talked about now. So uh, somebody that had screenshots of texts and conversations had access to coaches and to you know. Uh, staff members, all of that, that all of that. That's the thing, right? Who could it have been, you know? And if you, if you like, that's, that's kind of the question on everybody's mind. That's read the story and Pete Thamel of, of, uh, of, uh, Yahoo sports, uh, detailed this whole thing. You read that story, um, published there and it's, Man, it is damning to say the least. Just the amount of detail that uh, is is available with this story. Um, it's not a <laughs> it's a horrible look, an awful, downright awful look for Antonio Pierce, and um, just just awful. So, so yeah. So the the fascinating thing to me about this whole story is how it came to be. It came from an, an anonymous email, basically, a dossier of, of of items, emails, just reporting violation after violation, which dates back now to 2018. And if you remember 2018, oh, here Utah was, <laughs> Utah was recruiting.
1: Benjamin, Jaden Daniels.
2: <laughs> Jaden Daniels. You know, you go back to that and the, the recruiting violations extend to, you know, December 2018 and, and from from there, you know, moving forward. And so, you know, the timing of this, if you're a Ute fan that loves to follow recruiting, you're, you're invested in following the program closely, you know, honestly, this story doesn't surprise many. But I think what surprises a lot of us is just the amount of detail that's available to us at this early stage in this process it's hard to to read everything that they are being accused of and seeing them seeing this coaching staff have the opportunity to coach this season it's It's incredibly damning Tom
1: Steve am I remembering correctly um was was Jaden Daniels like a really late flip to Arizona State? Yeah, wasn't he yeah, I, like? Yeah, was he I, verbally committed to Utah? Was he never? So, did he never get that
2: far? So publicly, no. And and Kyle Whittingham has said as much, you know, on record that you know they they didn't have a quarterback commit, uh, you know, in in <laughs> publicly, but. Talking to people that I've talked to for years, all of them have stated that, you know, from the summer of 2018 on, Jaden Daniels was viewed as as close to a commit as you can possibly be without publicly committing to a program. And, you know, so you you go back to his recruitment. He had ASU. Well, he had UCLA and USC involved with him. You know, he had offers from Georgia, all sorts of things. Utah was always kind of viewed as, as the dark horse. He takes his unofficial visit the weekend of, of the Utah-USC game where Utah just, you know, took him out to the woodshed and the, the throwback, you know, uniforms. And from that point on, you know, all signs pointed to Utah being the program. And then ASU jumped in to his recruitment pretty late in the process.
0: They already had
2: a couple quarterback commits and all of a sudden within the span of few weeks, you know, Jaden Daniels is now trending towards ASU. And so again, just the the whole timeline of, of things lines up, you know, and, and, uh, and yeah, that's kind of what, what
1: happened there with Jaden Daniels. And I know, you know, Benjamin was a few years earlier, but, yeah. Similar things happened with Dino. I mean, he was he was heavily involved with Utah before finally, right at the very death there, flipping to and committing to Arizona State. So, um, wow. You yeah. know, I hope they get what they deserve, firstly. And then secondly, I hope over time, over over, over immediate future, like quickly is what I'm trying to get at, I hope the NCAA can adapt their rules and regulations because he, and he, here's why. This is my this is my one of my biggest problems with the college game um, is is that the NCAA puts rules and regulates things that that they can't control unless anonymous sources um, come come to the forefront and, and out them. You know, but it's it's crazy to me that we we still live in a day and age where the NCAA has all of, like, like for example, just like the fact that college students can't go down to a cafe and, and accept a free meal with a fan or the owner of that cafe would like to pay for that meal. Like, like you're, you're trying to regulate something you have no control of. In what, unless, somebody, so, unless somebody rats on you, the NCAA will never fit, find that out, ever. So why are you regulating it? Because you have, yeah. no, you have no control. It's like similar sure. things like this. Like, like, just level the playing field by regulating what you can and making, you know, like fi- financial transactions must go through this this realm and 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 it's all trackable and you can document everything and whatever the case may be. But all these money laundering schemes where McDonald's bags are being used to hustle cash in and out of programs—it's just—it doesn't make it. It's crazy to me.
2: Yeah, you know, that, <laughs> talking about the Utah Utah Open a couple weeks ago on the on the show, we we talked about it. But Brigham Covey, you know, kind of told us about the process he had to go through to be cleared to even play in that event. And, you know, he didn't win anything. He, he, he had to fill out like three different forms, which were all multiple pages in length with compliance, uh, had to pay for his round essentially. Um, like, yeah, I, I think that there are things with the NCAA that absolutely need to be changed. But in regards to this like ASU story, you know, I don't think this is as much about players <laughs> getting played or or players getting paid. Um, like as bad as that sounds, as awful as that sounds, I think that this is more about coaches gaining an advantage when everybody else is abiding by the rules. You can, we think- you can, uh, yeah. I mean, like, look, like Utah, they. They had visitors on campus, but the difference was they never met with them in person, never, you know, had face to face contact with them. Didn't have the opportunity to um, to show them around on campus. Like I remember Ethan Calvert, the big linebacker. He took a self guided tour. He came out to Utah on as part of a trip where his family was was going up to Wyoming for a week's vacation. He stopped in in Salt Lake City and walked around campus. Um, you know, so yeah, like kids still took visits. But the difference here is that Arizona State was paying for uh, official visits, unofficial <laughs> visits with quotation marks um, when nobody else was allowed to do so. And David Shaw, I think, said it best was, you know, for a lot of kids, that was the only school that they had the chance to get a look at to be impressed by from coaches and that can sway a lot of recruitments um, pretty heavily when you've got, <laughs> when that's the only school you see when that's the only school that you, you have an opportunity to visit. You can be swayed pretty heavily by, <laughs> by that factor. And that's kind of the thing here is Arizona state played a game and gained a series advantage on the recruiting trail. Um, and obviously paid, uh, for a lot of things that they shouldn't have. Um, but you know, you read some of these comments by coaches and, and other administrators and people are not happy about this at all. And I think that says, uh, a a lot about how, how bad this situation is and how, and how unfair it is, um, for Arizona state and for the rest of, of college football, Um, and you know, we talk a lot, we joke a lot about how bad the NCA is in terms of handing out punishments. We joke about it, you know, USC kind of got off pretty light for, you know, what we all know happened with Reggie Bush, but with this, like, this is pretty bad and you can, you can, you can read it, you can hear it, um, in, in these quotes, from coaches and administrators, there's a lot of anger and a lot of disdain for what Arizona state did. I would be shocked if the NCAA doesn't act, doesn't act pretty swiftly here. Um, and we're like, we're talking about some serious punishment for Arizona state, um, stuff that can really set them back as a football program, regardless of what, what happens with the coaching staff. Um, this this whole thing can be pretty pretty painful and set them back for a really long time.
1: Yeah, I, I would love I, I would love. And by the way, I think I, I can say this now, but like Larry Kristoviak knew that Sean Miller and Arizona were cheating from a basketball standpoint. Larry Kristoviak knew that his assistants all knew it. I have to imagine most of the Pac-12 coaching staff and. And big bigger coaches across the land knew that Sean Miller was paying players along the way. I mean, it. But Larry didn't. That, Larry didn't out him. Uh, it's probably why Larry lost his job. To be to be perfectly frank, is because he didn't cheat. And the basket. I I think anyway, the basketball side of things is far worse than the football side of things. But doesn't doesn't mean the football side of things it doesn't happen. I mean, it's a great example that it does. It's. It's, 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 it's such a dirty game. I, I just yeah. – and, and something I have a really – and have always had a really hard time with is there, there's no accountability from a coaching standpoint. Here we've got 50, 40, 50, 60-year-old men that are just – they can go about their business and say what they want to these kids. And they can, they can, they can promise playing time. And they do – to just get the kid to sign the dotted line and when they get there, they don't even know his first name for crying out loud. I can tell you how many times I've seen Carl Whittingham, you know, struggle to remember a freshman's name. And I don't know if he does it on purpose or not, but I guarantee you in the recruiting process, he knew everything about that kid. And then all of a sudden they sign the dotted line and poof, his memory goes. It's just—it's a completely different ball game. There's no accountability when it comes to coaches, and they're talking to 18-year-old kids. That's the other part of this whole thing. It's like these 18-year-olds don't have experience in communicating from a from a business standpoint, which is essentially what all this is. But they have no idea how to do all of yeah. that and how to act, and and so no wonder these poor kids and 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 these poor parents just believe everything they they hear. Because why would Carl Whittingham lie to me? Or or why would Herm Edwards say that to me if he wasn't telling the truth? Well, but I'm sorry, man, but he's he's already told six other people that same thing today that he's going to get starting minutes at defensive end as a freshman. He said the same thing to six. Yeah, just there's no accountability, and it drives me crazy uh, because it feels like the playing group and the players abound and binded to to all of these different protocol that you must follow and be careful of. And you can't you can't do this because like Britton Covey playing golf. Like, can I just say if Britton Covey didn't go to compliance uh, and played in the Utah Open, nothing would have happened. Absolutely nothing would have happened. But he did it because he's a genuine fella and he knows that's the right thing to do. So he goes through and, 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 that, and goes through the hassle to, to fill out the five, six documents that are just a waste of time at the end of the day. Brenton Covey doesn't... You, you shouldn't need to fill out three, four-page documents to play in a golf tournament for crying out loud. It just... It, who gives a crap? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's just... But coaches yeah. can do whatever they want. They, they, they get paid millions of dollars. They can say what they want. They can go to what they want. They can accept this. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It just really doesn't. It's, it's ludicrous in, in fact, and it's kind of making me a little upset thinking about it. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Tom. Sorry. You know, I, I feel you. And I, I think one of the, one of the interior, one of the most interesting aspects of this ASU story, bringing it back to that um, Kevin Mayway is, you know, Hall of Fame offensive lineman played in the NFL for years. Uh, was part of that ASU staff for, um, I want to say, a year or so. And he left the program because what ASU would do is, you know, they would get kids to commit, and then as they continued to recruit others, they would pull those scholarship offers from those kids that were committed. And that never sat right with Kevin Mayway, who is now with the Indianapolis Colts, And, and this is in that Yahoo sports story. You can, he tweeted this shortly after or or shortly before, I don't know exactly when this, uh, this tweet happened, but he tweeted out, uh, a, a quote, a scripture quote for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. Wow. He deleted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the yeah, pretty pretty interesting tweet there, Kevin, uh to say the least. <laughs> but but uh so you know um I I agree, like yeah, there there needs to be accountability and, and recruiting is can it, it can be a really ugly um a really ugly process. And I think ASU uh, did some really ugly things and put a lot of kids in really, really bad situations um, where they pulled scholarships late in the process. And, you know, they've, they've been committed to ASU for months now telling them that they're committed and locked in to this ASU program and to be dropped late in the process where other programs have already moved on. Uh, it's it's an ugly look, and I respect Kevin Mayway for uh, for leaving that ASU program um, and and uh, and moving on. And you know, and now he's tweeting out scripture quotes that are pretty interesting, considering the story that broke um, either shortly after or shortly before. Again, I don't know the timing here uh, between his tweet and when the uh, the news broke uh, about these allegations. Uh, but all just pretty interesting, and so you know, I I do agree. I wish that recruiting was a a much safer place for recruits. Um, you know, I I do know that Utah tends to do a really good job of being uh, pretty forthcoming with you know depth chart situations, being honest with them, and and you know offering them the chance to compete for the job. Um, and so you know, yeah, like Tom, like you you you're right, like it's it's never perfect it's never 100 percent. but i i do think that a lot of programs do try their best to do what's right by kids and i think utah is one of those programs
1: i mean nothing in this world is a given so for for kids out there just understand that if you're ever promised playing time it's not accurate you will always compete and if you think otherwise you're up in the night you've lost your marbles my man i don't care how talented you are at the high school level if you think that you're going to go to a power five team and start right off the bat it's just not like that so steve where do we go from here my man what what do you think what sort of punishment are we looking at like just how serious oh, do you do you have you had a chance to kind of wrap your head around where maybe they yeah like what are we thinking
2: So, I mean, I've got a, you know, we've got connections to to people in compliance uh, at Utah and uh, not at Utah or at Arizona State, you know, but has a good idea of what could, what could happen to ASU with some of these allegations and, you know, what we're talking about here is, you know, a, re- a reduction in scholarships, a reduction in the number of initial counters. So every year you get 25 initial counters. That's your recruiting class. So you have 25 initials to use on 25 prospects to bring in that that recruiting class you you cut that number to 15 you're only able to offer 15 scholarships per academic year that's that's pretty tough and so you know you ASU could see like i said a reduction in scholarships a reduction in initials they could lose so you, so the NCA works in recruiting periods right uh, there's the the recruiting period there's the quiet period there's a dead period ASU could lose recruiting days where they've only got a smaller uh they've got a fewer amount of days and weeks to to actually get out and recruit and evaluate um you know there could be a multi-year show cause um and what that is is that basically bars peers or or bars coaches from uh essentially recruiting outside of on-campus recruiting um they're not able to, to travel, to go into home visits. We always talk about that with recruiting is in-home visits and how important those are coaches going to homes to meet with parents and kids. Um, that, that kind of bars them from, from doing that. And then kind of the the crazy thing here is because of, uh, because of why we were in a dead period, we were in a pandemic, um, there are you know, li- possible liability issues uh, that, that could, could potentially make the NCA want to come down even harder um, on, on a issue for all of this. So um, just uh, again, you lose those scholarships, uh, both in, in the, the amount that you can offer per year and then in the total number of, of scholarship players that you can have on your roster, um that can that can really really hurt you especially as you know we've learned over the years how important depth is uh and so that's that's what ASU could be facing and that's even before you know we start speculating on potential post season bans um obviously the 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 potential uh for Herm Edwards Antonio Pierce and whoever else is involved with this whole thing Uh, of losing their jobs. Um, like it is just incredible what ASU is potentially facing here with this,
1: uh, with this situation. Mm, Wow. The loss of scholarship thing that, that, that'll really hurt. Um, that, I mean, that's, that, that's the one for me that'll just send all of this upside down for Arizona state at this point in time, you know, the, the loss of bowl games, future bowl games, doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you know, maybe a few right. pennies here or there, but the players don't care for bowl games in nowadays. Um but man. Whew. Yeah.
2: I mean, like think about that, Tom. So, you know, programs have eighty-five scholarships. If that number gets reduced down to sixty-five, um, which you tends know that- to be that number, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but that's you know, that's the potential for a, a lot of depth and talent throughout the roster to be gone. So you face you, you deal with a couple injuries in a year and you're really behind the eight ball.
1: Well, if I'm Herm Edwards and I somehow miraculously keep my job through all of this, I send my coaches to the most rich of rich neighborhoods in the hopes of finding the best and the most wealthiest walk-on football players there are, because that's the only way you can get around. It. You got to find a kid that's really, really good, that's nobody's seen him before, and that you know, big big mama or papa ain't gonna what, ain't gonna mind you know paying a few grand extra a month while they're out on their boat in lagoon on Laguna Beach, you know, like. Right. That's it. Yeah, you gotta, you got to find people with money that are really good and that are <laughs> happy to pay walk-on fees. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe you can survive. But the chance of all that going down, very, very slim. Arizona State's in trouble, no question about it. Uh, reports were coming out earlier this week. Herm Edwards met with the president of the university bypassing the athletic director straight to the top of the food chain. Herm Edwards goes... Uh, and and I'll, I'll also add this quickly before we kind of put a bow on this podcast, but it's, it's kind of disappointing and sad. Herm Edwards was seemingly the answer for Arizona state when he got the job. I remember a lot of skepticism, Yeah, you know, concern as to how he, how he will do. And it wasn't long before you just, <laughs> his passion and energy, um, uh, his, his entertainment factor. Uh, yeah. It was working down there. Now, in hindsight, we know why part of that yeah. was. <laughs> Obviously, he was he was being a little sleazeball and paying people that he shouldn't yeah. be paying. But yeah. at the same time, he kind of he kind of took that job and um and got got it going pretty quickly there. And and they were they were expected to be one of the best teams in the Pac-12 this year with a real chance to win the Pac-12 South, potentially compete for a Rose Bowl. They've got a really talented quarterback. Got a good offensive line, running game, and of course wide receivers. But Brian, Brian Thompson's caught up in all of this now. I wonder if you think Brian Thompson is he worried that you know maybe I should have stayed, maybe I should have stayed one, or maybe I should, certainly shouldn't have gone Arizona State two and three. Did they pay Brian Thompson to come down Arizona State? I hope we find all of these answers out. But my goodness, Bartle, yeah. what is going on?
2: Man, it's wild, and like the things. So in the immediate future. Um, the thing to pay attention to here is July 1st. That's the date. That's the cutoff date for players entering the transfer portal um, and, and having the opportunity to play this season. So players will receive a, a waiver where they can transfer to another program and they'll be, they'll still be eligible for this upcoming season. But that date is July 1st. You have to enter the portal. And I think even, uh, transition to another program by July 1st. So in the immediate future um, over the next, what, what do we have two weeks? Essentially. Um, that's going to be, that's, that's what we need to pay attention to is, is seeing what ASU players enter the portal, how this impacts their upcoming season. Um, but, but yeah, Tom, this is, this is quite the story. And and again, I recommend reading that Yahoo report of, of everything you you really get a, a, a really in-depth feel for just how bad this this situation is, um, how awful Antonio Pierce is as a coach and as a human being he apparently has has mistreated people so poorly that people within the ASU program are willing to self-report themselves. To bring on these violations, that's how bad it is with with Antonio Pierce, and so um, that's it's it's just remarkable that this whole thing um, is what it is. Uh, It's going to be a story for the next while, and you know I'm fascinated to see if Herm Edwards is still the coach come July 27th when you know Pac-12 has their media days. That will be just a rodeo of a day if he is still in place. Um, but like I said, in the immediate future, July one—that's between now and July. July one—that's uh, we'll keep our eyes on that ASU program and see who enters the portal. Wow!
1: <laughs> so pretty wild, Tom. Pretty wild. You ha- well, look—you you have to imagine Arizona State's not going to be as good as they are were expected to be this year, given the fact that all of this is going down. Look, in some way, shape, or form, that. The, pro- the identity of that program will alter by the start of the football season. I think that's fair to assume at this point. Whether yeah. Herm Edwards is there, whether Jaden Daniels is there, it's irrelevant. Yep. The identity of that football program is not going to be as strong as we once thought it was going to be. So, yes, that's good for Utah. It means Utah now just has to really bypass USC, and if they can manu- manufacture that, they should theoretically think and win the South and put themselves in another position to win a Pac-12 championship game, which means – Charlie Brewer could well be as good as we hope he is. So that is good news. Is there anything else coming out of the Utah camp, Steve, that we need to talk about before we go? Or is it all just yeah? Uh, Are they just like in front of their computers, yeah, <laughs> popcorn in hand, soda drinks just, galore? Basically, all in the that's room. That's yeah, where we're, just, we're
2: all at. Is just eating popcorn right now, watching the story. The yeah, Internet. just what's coming next? But no, I think. You know, it's it's important to note that, you know, Utah football, they continue to move forward with this recruiting period. This this opportunity to have kids on campus has been um, kind of a re-energizing little bit for, you know, Utah and and football programs across the country. They've had, I think um, they've had close to to double digit official visitors, let alone unofficial visitors like they're just bringing kids in and out for unofficial visits. Kids from Hawaii, from out of state, from California, from all over the place, and so Utah's been active um, on the recruiting trail this month. And uh, you know, you can uh, you can catch all that at uzone um, I know KSL Sports is is diving into recruiting with Trevor a little bit there as well, so uh, you can get some stories from him as well. But man, it's uh, it's an active time on the recruiting trail for Utah. They continue to to move forward in that aspect, and and uh, yeah, man, it should be fun.
1: That's cool. It's good to hear. Um, Utah football is hosting recruits for the first time in fifteen months. Obviously, June first was when they lifted some of those those regulations and protocols. Uh, the other news coming out of the program, it's not all that big, but the athletic department has launched uh, the Elevate U program for student athletes, which is um, which is essentially the name the name image likeness program for them to uh, to help them try and further and develop as human beings as businessmen so that's exciting too for when that that time comes steve we'll hopefully be able well, to pay some <laughs> of these players you know get <laughs> them some some
2: coin how pissed are you that you didn't that you didn't have this back when you play? are you pissed are you even pissed like i are you mad at all like i would i would be mad i would be like you know Shaq, it, how, how he hates Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert has signed this like Max deal and he's just jealous. Like that would be me. I would be so pissed if I were you accomplishing what you accomplished at Utah and, and like not having the opportunity that these kids have today. It's like, man, I would be
1: mad. Here's the way I look at it, Steve, is uh, if my if my mom had had me a couple years later, and I was around for this. There's a pretty good chance I'm not even at Utah. The, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere else. So I'm just thankful that I came when I came. Yeah. And I had the career I did. You know, would I have loved this? Of course. Yeah, I'd be right. lying if I said I wouldn't right. have. Because I could have made more money and, and my bank account would look. Think of all the bacon opportunities and
2: sponsorships you would have had.
1: Man, like, that's... Yeah, national. We'd, we'd be going national with all yeah, that, surely. Man. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably be living on a pig farm at the minute, Steve. Yeah, man. They'd probably, like, here, you want a pig farm, Tom? Have it. Like, yeah. this is yours. Yeah. 50 acres. Hack it, hack it acres. Yeah. <laughs> it's all you, brother. Okay. The pigs are probably dead at this point because I have no idea what to do with them. But uh, uh, I, I I, just, you know, I'm excited for the current crop of players is where I'm at. Yeah. And I'm yeah, part of me's jealous, of course, but at the same sure. time, I yeah, you know, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's cool. I'm excited for him and now. I now I know why Britton Covey's trying to linger as long as he can because he's uh, yeah, no, trying to get okay, yeah, get some out of this whole bloody thing.
2: That's that's the story here. Is Britton Covey kind of saw this coming? He's redshirted. He served a mission, and you know he's still got a few years to milk this thing for what it's worth, man. That's that's a
1: great point, Tom. He and T Boney are just like, man, how do we how do we hang on for this for this cheddar? You know, how do we get our hands on some of this cheese before it's too late? So anyway, that's funny stuff. Hey, uh, he's Steve Bartle, check him out on Twitter at SBartle247. You can check myself. At Tom at Utone.com, seven day free trial. If you're a Utah football junkie and you're not a member, you're a fool. You're an absolute idiot. Utone.com. It's where you need to go. All the juicy gossip. 24-7, 24-7, 365 conversations surrounding the program. Every aspect of it is found on nudezone.com. Or if you're not as big of a junkie, you just want to every now and again catch up on news, you can go to kslsports.com. They have a Utes tab at the top of the page. Click on that. Follow along there too. From uh, Steve, I'm Tom Hackett, our sponsor, Nate Wade Subaru. We love and appreciate all of you. We'll be back next week with another episode of the It's You World Podcast. Happy Father's Day, everybody!
0: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.